Praise God. It's great to see you this evening again. It's been great this weekend just coming and ministering God's word. You know, it's amazing that, you know, God is alive. He's not the great I was. He's still the great I am. The gospel still the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is just the most amazing message. It can make blind eyes open. It can make crippled people dance, not just in the in the physical, but naturally inside there are people crippled, there are people battered by names, don't know who they are, why they are, what they are, or where they are, and the power of the gospel can lift that person up. The power of the gospel can open prison doors. It sets the captives free. The gospel has the power to heal those who have bad reports from a doctor, and God can change it. He's still in the business of miracles. I, I spoke about this morning, a lot of people are saved and miserable. They're not happy. They've lost the joy of the Holy Spirit in their life. They've become battle-weary, just hanging in there. God, when you coming back, when's it all going to stop? But there is a victorious life. There's a life that Jesus spoke to us about, and he said that we could become overcomers, that we could be more than conquerors. I mean, if that's either true or it's not. If it's not true, I don't want it. I'd rather just go and drink, be happy, be merry, and live my life. But thank God, I know that it is true. I've experienced it. I want to speak to you tonight on the power of God's Holy Spirit. The greatest person on earth, it's not you, it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. And for years, we've been asking him to come. And he said, I've never left. I've not went anywhere. And the Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. In other words, you are God's address. He lives in you. How could you be overcome if God lives in you and his spirit is in you? What a life we are privileged to live in God. To overcome our flesh to overcome the things that used to rule us. I mean, I was a drug addict for 10 years. I remember waking up every morning. I don't know if they've got it here, but in Scotland, you've got a New Year's resolution. Oh, this, this new year, I'm going to go to the gym, going to get built up, going to go on a diet. That lasted about four hours, and then I was lying on the floor, paralytic, toast. Know why? I had a desire to be free, but no power. And I think most people want their life changed but don't have the power to do it. I think most people in that condition want out of their life but don't have the power to do it. And I want to speak to you about the Holy Spirit. The greatest need for God's church is to allow the Holy Spirit to move. It says in the Bible, pick men filled with the Holy Ghost. We pick talent, we pick good looks, we pick great musicians. But he said, no, first of all, pick people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by church programs, it's not by religion. It's the power of God's Spirit moving through men and women. It makes a difference. The power of the Spirit. You can't live this life without the Holy Spirit in you. It's impossible. You can try and reform yourself. You might even be good for a while. But for transformation to take place, God is looking for people to yield to the Holy Spirit. Do you know, I believe there's a lot of people's life not changed 
because they have neglected the spirit of fellowship with God and the flesh overcomes them. Your flesh dictates to you. One of the things I love about the Holy Spirit before I preach to you tonight is this. You know, I used to wake up, as I said, and I'd need to go and get drink, or I'd need to go and get drugs, or you'd need to go and steal, or you'd need to... It's just a... It's a horrible life. It's horrible. It's, it's horrible. And, and you've no power over it. And I, I'd up in the morning, I'd say, not today, but my flesh would be going, I want drugs, I want this. I ended up staying in this flat, no clothes, no, hardly any clothes, no, no cooker, no fridge. I lied on a mattress for years in this little flat, me and my girlfriend. And I'd get up and I'd say, I don't want this life and I would need to go, go, go. And it's the power, the Bible talks about sin, it talks about your flesh and its desires. And you know, sin is nice for a while, but then it stings you, it gets you. Said the wages of sin, it starts to produce death in you. One of the things I loved about when I became a Christian, the second greatest experience I had is it was getting filled with the Holy Spirit. For 10 years, I was, I was in a flat. I was in a room listening to Pink Floyd trying to get over a wall, and the wall ended up falling on top of me, and I was wrecked. But even today, 30 years later, 30 years, as I said at the men's breakfast, I can honestly put my hand on my heart and say I've never had a cigarette or a drink or a drug since. I walked through the doors of Teen Challenge and left. I've never went back. I found a power to say no. So when this flesh tells me, I don't want to go to the prayer meeting. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to fast. I don't want to pray. I don't want to read the Bible. I say, for 10 years, you took me where I didn't want to go. Now I'm taking you where you don't want to go. You're coming with me. And if you don't shut up, you're going to be fasting Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So shut up. You're dead. There's a power in me. There's a power in you to overcome the world the flesh, and the devil. You can't say no to stuff now because there's a spirit in you. The grace of God, it says in Titus, gives you the power to say no to everything that's ungodly. The Holy Spirit. I suppose I better preach this sermon or I'm going to get too excited. I mean, you can get excited. I know you're out there. I mean, you might not used to be saying amen, but now and again, you can say it. You know, we're a bit, we are, we're a bit conscious. You know, the churches, there was a time when the church was conscious of the power of God. Now the churches become self-conscious of our problems and how small we are and what we are. And I'm waking, I'm going through this and me, 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 self, self, self. I'm not striving to be. I need to die to be. And sometimes you need to just pick yourself up and say, you know what, God is worth a shout. Even if you're shy, even if you're reserved, there is a shout in you. There must be a shout in you. If you're born again and you've been forgiven for everything you've ever done, there must be a shout deep inside you somewhere. And I'm not leaving here. I'm going to get it out of you tonight, one way or the other. I'm not going home. I'll see you here Monday night, if it, no matter what happens. But the Holy Spirit, in all seriousness, until the church recognize her need for the Holy Spirit, until you recognize your need for him, you won't need him. We'll have nothing but church programs. And it turns into religion. And then it turns into legalism. And there's no freedom in it. It dies. And the next statement I'm going to make is so serious. 
Without the spirit, the body is dead. I don't care if we sing. I don't care if we've got a few words in tongues. I'm telling you, according to this Bible, without the spirit, the body is dead. He can be grieved. He can be resisted. You can preach without him. You can walk for a while without him. That's why false teachers and wolves and, 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 and flakiness gets into the church and there's no authority and there's no power and anything goes and God says, no, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit. He's the one who gives you the power The early church was conscious of the greatness of God. There was a God consciousness in them. I can't preach. I can't do this. I can't evangelize. Friends, we need to stop that and start getting to the place where we're saying, I'm small and I'm weak. I don't care what I am. All I know, there's a power in me and there's a God in me who's bigger and is able to do more abundantly than we ask or think. Can you say amen? Amen. <laughs> The Spirit. Jesus says in Ezekiel that I'll, I'll put my Spirit in you. I'll give you a new heart. I won't just tidy up the old one. I'll give you a brand new one. I'm going to write my laws on it. I'm going to give you a heart after me. You, you don't even have the power to deliver yourself. You don't even have the power to want me. But I'm going to find you. I've chosen you. You didn't choose me. I came and chose you. And I put a new heart in you. And I'm going to give you the power to walk with me. How good is that? And I'm going to read a few scriptures that I want, to run, I want to read out to you tonight. In John chapter 7, let me just read this to you. John chapter 7 and 37, it says this. This is Jesus speaking himself. John 7 and 37 to 39. On the last day of the great feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone Thursday, let him come to me. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. By this, he was speaking about the Holy Spirit. He was speaking about the Holy Spirit. And then it says in the book of Acts, Acts 1, I need to read these to you. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. It says this, Jesus, and being assembled together, with them, this is Jesus, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He told them to wait. Think about it. Three years walking with Jesus. Three years of seeing miracles. Three years seeing Lazarus come out of grave. Three years of seeing blind eyes open. Three years of seeing prostitutes and drunks and addicts and people getting saved and healed and totally delivered from demons and demonic. Imagine walking with Jesus for three years. Imagine the power. Imagine seeing a guy with loaves and fishes and breaking it and feeding 5,000 people. Imagine telling somebody to go down to a river, get a fish, catch a fish, put your hand in, get a fish, Take the coin out its mouth and pay your taxes. It's not bad, is it? 
Not bad if you're skint. Hands are a bit tight. We're laughing, but it was all miracles. They had to obey him. Peter had to go down to a river. He had to put his hand in, get a fish, and believed. He had to believe God's word, and he had to obey it. And when he obeyed it, that's when the power happened. That's when the miracle comes. He gives his Holy Spirit to those who obey him. He's not letting it land on anybody. I don't care. Well, God, if you're there. No, he said, to those who obey me, those who believe me, I'm going to fill you with the power of the Spirit. And Peter went down and put his hand in the water and a coin came out of a fish's mouth. I think that's a miracle. That's powerful. Who would, see, friends, this life is meant to be supernatural. We're not meant to be normal. It's meant to be a supernatural life that when the broken and the lost come through the doors, you only get one chance. They need to see the power of God moving again. This generation needs to see the power of God, that God is a God of the supernatural and that with God all things are possible. Hallelujah. And bless his name forever. Hallelujah. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? What are you full of tonight? Are you full of self? Or are you full of him? There's only room for one. There can't be two walls. Somebody needs to go. Are you full with the Holy Spirit? Do you want to be filled? Three years walking with Jesus wasn't enough. And he said to them, go into that room. And I'm going to say that again. Three years walking with Jesus. And Jesus has said this. This is what he's saying in essence. It's not enough. To follow me and to keep this going, you're going to need to go into a room and whatever you do, don't leave that room until you are filled. And we think when somebody just prays a few words in tongues, well, you're full. That doesn't mean to say you're full. The fruits of the Spirit are the character of Christ. It's a changed life. It's a life of love. Some people can't even love their church members who are their brothers and sisters, and they tell me they're filled with the Holy Ghost. They're gossiping, backbiting, nasty, horrible. And they say they're filled with the Holy Ghost because they pray in a tongue. No. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're filled with Him. You're filled with love. You love your enemies. Don't you just love that? Don't you love loving your enemies? Remember this morning I said, I love loving my, give him a nice big hug. I like to give him, sometimes I want to give him a Glasgow hug. I'd like to say, I really love you from under here. I know you don't feel like that. Nobody could possibly feel like that here. When anger rises up, when you want to get revenge, when you die, but you say, no, I die to myself. And bitterness doesn't twist in you like cancer and unforgiveness and guilt and regret and shame. And you're living this life. There's this, nobody likes to drink out of a dirty vessel. It's time to get right with God. And don't be looking over to the left or the right. It's time to get right with God and let the Spirit move again and weep again and say, God, we really, really need you. Without you, we can do nothing. My talent, my testimony, my education, my power is not good enough. God, Help us. Help us. 
The only thing that's going to change Belfast is a move of God, a revival. A revival moving through church. I don't care what denomination anymore. I'm thinking, God, just move every, every denomination. Just do something in our nation. Wake up. Fill me. Touch me. And I'm not going to read it out tonight, but I'm just going to say it. Acts 18, Acts 8, verses 1 to 7. Philip goes down to Samaria. Do you know the story? Philip goes to Samaria. And he goes down there. And they're burning their books. All the witches in the occult are burning their books. It's thousands and thousands of pounds. The whole city's turned upside down. God is moving powerfully. God is moving powerfully. And then in Acts 8, it says this. It's an absolutely, it's incredible. I want you to see this now. In Acts 8, it says this. It says this, that there was miracles happening. People were getting saved, baptized. And then it says this in verse 15. This is about the, 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 the James, and, James and John. It says, Whom, when they had come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet the Holy Spirit, none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. You see, there was miracles, there was power. Things were happening. You think that's, I mean, we would write a book about that. We'd give you 10 steps how to turn your city upside down. And God said, but you don't stop there. They need filled with the Holy Ghost. And Peter and John laid their hands on them and they got filled with the Spirit. Why? Because before the Spirit, the work is going to die. It's going to fall into the hands of men. And look what that's done. I'm not against Bible college, but you can't just come out of Bible college in a suit and your shoes polished with nothing. You need the Holy Ghost. Theology on fire. When I was the director of Teen Challenge, people were coming in. They were on heroin for 10 years. They were on heroin. They didn't need a theology just on the Holy Ghost. They needed to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. They had to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't even want to know. Even There's a place for knowing the history. There's a place for knowing the future. But I want filled now. Can you say Amen. Anybody want more of Jesus? Anybody hungry for more? Anybody fed up with religion? Anybody want to get set on fire? John Wesley, who preached to thousands, stood up and somebody said to him, how come thousands of people come and hear you preach? He said, I go into my prayer closet until I get on fire for God and then people come and watch me burn. Wow! How powerful is that? No. Paul the Apostle in Acts 9, 17, Paul gets saved. I loved how Paul gets saved. He was on his horse to kill Christians, and God met him on the Damascus Road and knocked him off his horse. Yeah? Nobody even gave him a gospel track. Never done a course. He had a powerful encounter with God that was life-changing. And then he went to a place called Straight Street, and God found another disciple and said, go and pray for Paul. And he prayed for Paul. And this is what it said. The scales fell off his eyes and he got filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, the encounter and the experience was not enough. God said, now you need filled. See, you can be born of the Spirit and not filled with the Spirit. Paul not only got saved that day. Three days later, a man had to go and lay hands on him. And it said he received the Holy Spirit. 
Pentecost. You need the Holy Spirit. He, he is going to help us. A few things about the Holy Spirit. It says this in the Bible. Romans 8, 16. It says, the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Do you know what that means? It means the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit testifies with your spirit that you, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to remind you that you're a child of God and who you are because there's a devil who's going to remind you what you used to be and what you're not and you're not good enough. One of the things when I was young, I don't know if they've done it here, there used to be a little rhyme. Um, you know, I used to go to school like a tramp. My mother used to say I was an idiot. She was an alcoholic. The house was, the house was chaos. And, and I, I, I just grew up with no confidence. I thought I was an idiot. And there's this little rhyme, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. But I'll tell you, words are powerful. Words are powerful. And if you listen to something long enough, you actually start to believe it. And that's what the devil does. The devil comes to you. You may have heard me say this, but I'm going to say it again. You know, in Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve, our first parents, sinned, the devil came, came up to them, and they sinned against God. And then it, it says this in Genesis. It says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord God called, called out and said, Adam, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. Now listen to this question. And then God asked him a question. Who told you that? There are thousands and millions of people sitting on bed sets tonight who don't know whether they want to live or die, take their life. Literally tonight, somebody's thinking, will I end it tonight? 19 years of age, 20, somebody's daughter, somebody's son, because in their head, they've been told lies, and a lie will put you in bondage, but the truth will set you free. I'll never be free from drug addiction. Who told you that? I'll never be healed. Who told you that? This sanctuary could never be full again. Who told you that? I can never get filled with the Spirit. Who told you that? I'll never be free. I'll never change. Who told you? Where are you getting your thinking from? One of the roles of this Holy Ghost is to remind you that you are a child of God. You're saved. You're loved. He died for you. He rose again. He who started a good work is going to finish it. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. What a God we serve. Who told you that? And when the enemy comes to me and says, who do you think you are? I used to go, well, I know, you know, I'm nothing. And now I say, how long have you got? We could be here for a while because God has chosen me. God has filled me with his spirit. Now get away from me, you liar. I'm not an ex-anything. I have been delivered. I'm a brand new man. I'm a brand, I've got a brand new life. What a God we serve. Whose voice are you listening to? Whose report are you going to listen to? And the Spirit the night, it says, you know, I want to remind you who you are in me. Isn't that amazing? You know, we're, we're so negative. If I said tonight there's somebody here, I wouldn't like to be in your shoes. God's going to get you. Most of us would be saying it's me. I know it's me. I know that's me. I know that is me. That's definitely me. Last Thursday I'd done something wrong. It was definitely me. I knew I shouldn't have ate that, I shouldn't have ate that custard cream and God told me not to. 
it was me. I'm the one. I'm the guilty one. That's, and you're thinking, what are you talking about? If I said there's somebody here tonight, God wants to use your life. He's going to fill you with the Spirit. He's going to take you from a mattress. He's going to make you an international preacher. He's going to give you a wife. He's going to give you a son. My son's at university day in law. How ironic. I thought, my, I could have done with you a few years ago, mate. He's having a great life. Do you know why? Because when God changes your life, everything changes round about you. He gives you your heart's desire. God is for me. I just believe that everybody's thinking really well of me. Isn't that a better way to think? I used to be so paranoid. I remember saying to my mother once, people are after me. She went, you don't even have any friends. <laughs> Who told you that? And we fall into these lies. And it's serious because what it does is it robs you of abundant life. It robs you of joy. and be, I refuse to be religious. And I am not coming down to anybody's level. I am not dying a religious death when Christ died to set me free, put his spirit in me. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Even, even when I, I, I'm being married 28, seven years, 28 years, to my lovely wife, you know, she's lovely. I remember I said to her, you know, when I first started preaching, the Holy Ghost got his hand on me and I was preaching. I said, you know, my accent's a bit rough and that, you know, I might try and change it a bit. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, you know, I just don't like my accent. It's too rough. So I tried everything. I'd get up and I'd go, hello. <laughs> it's great to be here this morning, isn't it? And my wife said, what are you doing? Who are you? And I was sitting in a congregation once, and a woman pointed out to me, this prophetess, and she said, I just want to tell you something. God says, don't lose your rough edges, or you're going to be in trouble. Next time I got up, I went like, all right, everybody, how are you all doing? Everybody okay? <laughs> because we try and polish ourselves up. We try and become something we're not. And the devil tells you lies about, you know, whether it's me struggling with my accent when I was preaching because I was thinking, God, you need to, you know, how are they going to even understand me? And God said, that's none of your business. Will you obey me? Will you give me your life? And I said, I've got nothing much. God, you owe me nothing. Here I am. I'd never even been on holiday. I'd never even seen a live animal. I'd never been on a beach. I'd never. He took me around the world from that mattress. He took me around the world. I mean, I was in Siberia preaching. I was laughing. I went into the room and I just started laughing. I thought, God, Siberia. From Glasgow to Siberia. I thought, how did you get me here? Nobody wanted to listen to me. I couldn't even get my voice. I'd had to shout for somebody to hear me. Help! And new God's took that broken voice and he's using it. And your life's not over. This is not about age. This is about obedience. You can't retire from God. The Holy Spirit, it says in John 16, he will guide you into all truth because lies put you in bondage. I've been in people's deathbeds, deathbeds, where they said, my father said this about me 65 years ago, and I've never been able to get over it. My mother said that about me, and I've been in bondage ever since. Words. And the, the, the Spirit comes and tells you the truth. He reminds you of God's love. He reminds you of the power of the blood to forgive you. He reminds you that he's chosen you. He reminds you. 
because he's a spirit of truth. He's a spirit of hope. He strengthens us and he equips us to serve. The Holy Spirit is everything to me. I don't want to preach with him. I don't want to speak with him. And I know you don't. Even when you worship him, it says worship in spirit and in truth. Pick men and women filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, Christians leak. That's why it says in the Bible, Bible and, the, and, the, and, the, and the place they were, they were filled with the Spirit. And then it goes to the next, and they were filled with the Spirit, and they were filled with the Spirit, and they were filled with the Spirit. I remember once I'd done a sermon and I got a big jar and I put cigarettes in it and I put junk in it and then I filled it up with water and I said, does that look full? And then I put my hand in and I took the cigarettes out and I took all the stuff out and by the time I took everything out, the water was only up to there. Let me ask you, what are you full of? Are you willing tonight to say, Holy Spirit, I want to yield again. I don't want to grieve you. I don't want to resist you. Will you fill me again? Will you bring to life in me? My prayer life is dead. My Bible reading's dead. I'm addicted to games. I'm addicted to this. I don't read the Bible. I quote things that I knew years ago, but there's no power in it. There's no joy in my Christian life anymore. I don't know what you were expecting to hear tonight, but this is the word God's given me. It's time to be full again. It's time to walk in the Spirit. Don't just pray in tongues, but actually walk in the Spirit. Well, there's a baptism of love, baptism of power. And you might pray in the Spirit, that's great, but it's much, much more than that. And when the Holy Ghost... When you start to get men and women in a pulpit without the Holy Spirit, what happens is it starts to get reconstructed by the power of men and it turns into something that's not. And I'll tell you, people come in and out the same way. They'll last for a little while and then you lose them. I can't keep anybody. God can't keep them. I can't keep them. It's only the Holy Spirit. It's a work of the Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. I thank God all my life. I've walked with him. I've not been perfect, but I'll tell you this. I know without him I can do nothing. I think not being educated at the beginning and living the life I lived, I think God used it to my advantage because I had nothing else. I used to preach, I told you this morning, I used to preach Shedrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I would, because I couldn't pronounce the names, I would say Shedrach, Meshach <coughs> went into the fiery furnace. I'd cough at big names. Nobody knew. And I could have went, well, you know, that's a hindrance. And I thought, I don't care, God, if you've called me, I'm going, I'm going for it. And I got educated and I got on, but the Holy Spirit has taught me. I never, I never had a father. And I'll tell you, I read that Bible and I said, Holy Ghost, when my son's born, would you show me how to be a father? And he's grew up to be a fine young man by the grace of God. Then somebody once told me, you know, well, you know, you need to, you need to, um, you know, there's a lot of, lot of things in your life. There's a lot of curses. There's a lot of things in your past you don't know about. You need to find your family tree. I thought, find my family tree? I can't even find my father, never mind the tree. So does that mean that I stay in bondage until I find my father? What a load of rubbish. I found another tree, and a man was on it, and his name was Jesus Christ. And he broke every curse, every sin. And who the sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. I know it's loud, but hallelujah. 
free, 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 all because of Calvary's love. And he saved you, and now he wants to fill you with his spirit. Can you say amen? I think I'm going to finish. I can't say any more to you. I'm preaching to you about the Holy Spirit tonight. And I pray with all my heart that you will open up your heart to him tonight and just be honest where you're at. Where are you at? Have you lost it? Remember Moses said, I am not going into the promised land without your presence. I mean, who wants milk and honey and riches if you're not there? God, God help this nation. God help our cities. The brokenness in them for men and women and the church wants again to move in the power of God. To remind us that we're children of God. To remind us of the truth of who we are. To remind us of God's love. The Holy Spirit, he's the helper. And as I said at the beginning, I'll say it to the end. God used to live in tabernacles and deserts. And he said, no, I'm going to live in you. Wow. <laughs> God, where are you? He's like, I'm in you. Are you there? Yes, I am. I've never moved. I've sealed, not only have I filled you, I've sealed it with the Holy Spirit. In other words, I put a seal over you. Holy Ghost is not going anywhere. He's in you. You just need to work with him. You just need to obey him. You just need to surrender your life. You just need to die to self. You just need to pick up your cross and follow him. You can't even preach about the cross anymore. It's all about 10 steps, how to have a blessed life. How are you? You know, everything's, everything's just great. You know, everybody's blessed, happy, prosperous. And then there's me. It's not the real life. No, this is a power that in spite of pain, in spite of trouble, there's this overcoming life. There's this resurrected life that just won't get nailed down. There's not a Goliath or a giant. There's nothing can keep the resurrected life down. It just keeps winning because it's the life of Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Amen. Let's stand for a moment now. Can I ask the worship band to come back up? Hallelujah. Praise his name. The Holy Spirit. Father, I just praise you tonight for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. You know, God's never going to let you go. I might throw something in the spanner here. If it's, but there's a song we had this morning. I fell in love with it. He, he, he holds on to you or he leads on to you, um, if you don't mind. You know, as we sing this song, the words, the words to me this morning, I mean, I was weeping this morning when I heard this song. It's been a long time since something got me like that. And it talks about God laying hold of us and keeping hold of us. And as we sing this, if you don't know Jesus Christ and you'd like to know him, I'd love to pray for you. You know, you might know church, you might know about religion, you might have been brought up in a Christian home, you didn't even enjoy it. You said, you know, it was, it was religious, it meant nothing. Don't blame God for that. You, you find God for yourself. 
You'll look God for you. Because I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this, if you're full of guilt, regret, and shame, I'll tell you there's not a doctor in the land that can take that out. There's not a drink, and there's not, you can go, to a, it doesn't matter what country you go, you're left with you. But I'll tell you, God, God is a God who can forgive you and set you free. Don't blame God for religion. Don't blame God for what other people have done. Come and meet God for you. Come and meet God for yourself. I had all concepts of God. I met some religious people. They put me off. I'm like, my goodness, if that's what's being a Christian, no thanks. I'd hate that. And God said, that's not me. You've judged me by people, but you've never really came to me. You've lived your own life. You've went your own way. But I'm asking you to come to me and get forgiven and walk with me for a while. And I'll tell you what I'm like. And maybe you've had bad experiences. Maybe you've not. And the other thing is, if you, if you, want, if you need to get filled with the Spirit again, why don't you ask Him to fill you again? Maybe it's been a long time since you've walked. You know, there's that saying, isn't there? I've got a deep joy in me, but it's that deep, nobody can see it. It's just, it's just true. You know, I'm not pretending that there's this triumphant life and we're happy all the time and walking about with Colgate smiles and everything. That's not what I'm talking about. But there is a supernatural joy that comes from God that trouble can't put out. There really is. If that's not true, what on earth are we doing? We're no better than the world when there's good days and the circumstances are good and the bank accounts full and the fridge is full, happy days. But when all hell is let loose, we're, we're just like the world. No, I'm not like the world. There's a supernatural life and there's a joy that can't get put out. And there's a strength that can never run dry. And there's a love that's everlasting. And there's a power to overcome. Could you put up the words to that song? Just this. When I fear, my faith will fail. See, what I like what this song doesn't say, I'll just hang in there. I'll give it all my strength. I'll strive to keep it. I'll keep, he goes, no. When all, when my, Christ will hold me fast. When the temper will prevail. When the enemy comes in like a flood and you've no strength left and you think, God, I can't do this. He said, don't worry. Don't worry. You might try, you might let go of me. You might have failed me, but I'll hold you fast. He who started a good work in you is going to finish it. Isn't that just a joy to you tonight? Aren't you glad it doesn't depend on your own strength and my own effort? But when God says...